welcome to None of This Is Real. <laughs> it's a podcast for all things mysterious and weird. I'm Doomsday Domini. And I'm Sarah Sinkhole. I'm so glad that we're here with you <laughs> today. No, start over. Start over. Okay. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Let's go. We can do it. What was that voice? I liked it. I'm <sighs> going to do it more often. Oh, great. When's this going to come out? Is this coming out on Christmas Day? This is the part where I look at the calendar. Okay. This is hold music for the podcast. <laughs> Y'all are on hold. Yes. Yeah, so happy Christmas Eve if you celebrate that sort of thing. Uh, it's the day before Christmas. It's that day where you have to hang out with your family again so soon after Thanksgiving. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It's not actually Christmas Eve as we record this, but when you hear it, when it comes out, it will be. That's how this works. We have Whoa, to do this ahead dude. of time, y'all. Whoa, dude. Time Whoa. is so weird, man, if you think about time it. Lines, er, time limes are overlapping. <laughs> Time Squeeze lines. that into your margarita. Oh my goodness. We have a very special festive episode uh, for you today, but first I've got to ask my very best friend here if anything weird and mysterious happened to her. Hey, Sarah. Hey. Hey. Where'd you come hey. from? What's going on? I'm just been sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for you to ask me a question. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. Did anything weird or mysterious happen to you lately? Oh my god, no one ever asks me this. I'm so excited to answer. Um, <laughs> no, nothing weird or mysterious ever happens to me. Just kidding. That's a lie. That is not half. true. Um, I did have a weird like, what, vision, I guess. I, was, I mean, I was dreaming, but I was still sort of awake last night. I, I was listening vision? to... I had a vision, y'all. It was just a weird epiphany that I had while being almost asleep i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um envisioning dying and they were so they were using the the oh no i can't think of what tense it is where they're saying you now you're like a guided meditation type thing it was like oh, okay. now you see um now you go into a tunnel right and you're dead now you see you turn around and you see people trying to resuscitate your body and, you know, you see yourself laying on the table. And then I was, like, on the verge of sleep. And I thought very angrily, hey, wait a second. How am I supposed to see anything if my eyeballs are in my body on the table? I can't see anything. I don't have eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt really pissed off about it for some reason. I was like, don't tell me to look at something. I don't have any eyes. And I woke you up. Look with your third eye, Sarah. Oh yeah, that's also in my body. If it's the pineal pineal gland, pineal. That's not. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I like it. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Just keep saying that. Pineal, pineal. It sounds Stop. dirty. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, I got mad at nobody in my sleep last night, <laughs> and I woke up laughing because I was like very confused about why I felt so angry, and then I realized what it was. So. That sounds fun. Yeah. My brain is my weird thing all the time. Every time. Every day. Yep. So what weird thing are you going to tell me about? Something weird just happened. So we are recording two episodes today, and this is the second one. So we took a break in between. And I am expecting a delivery today. So 
When we first hit record on the first episode, Puck started going bananas in the living room, barking at something. And I waited for a minute thinking, oh, they're just dropping off this thing and they're going to walk away. But he kept barking. So I walked out there, didn't see anybody. And then we recorded that first episode, right? Yes, that is what happened. I can't confirm. episode about forest things. Okay. And then... On the break, just a few minutes ago, I walked outside to see this magical delivery that got delivered, and there was nothing there. (gasps) Now, not normally so creepy. He barks at people who sometimes they'll walk past the house, just taking a walk and mailman and whatever. Uh, It snowed a little bit last night. There's a light dusting of snow. That's nice. And so what I could see when I walked out of my door by the back door were some footprints in the snow what mm-hmm. some Uh-oh. footprints that looked like they came to the house and then walked away from the house and they were a man's size mm-hmm. and i took pictures of them because oh. What? Who came to the door? Who was Puck barking at? Who? Are you sure they weren't Jay's footprints? <laughs> they could be, but they didn't look like his footprints. Like, they don't look like the shoes he wears to work. Okay. <laughs> I was like, they don't look. I have his footprints memorized. Every single tread of every pair of his shoes. I know what they look like. No way. It just, it creeped me. Well, and they don't, they look bigger, too. Okay. I guess Jay well, wears a, like, pretty normal-sized shoe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just freaking myself out. Probably because we did talk about spooky stuff and you were scared. Footprints in the snow leading up to and walking away from your house are just sort of creepy in general. I agree. And then also, he usually just goes to work. So why did the footprints come toward the house also? Because somebody came to knock on your door to ask you if you had any corn syrup. Oh, no, no, no. No, thank you. No. Or they were trying to sell you something. I'm telling you, it's like the 60s, the 50s up in my neighborhood. It's just people always knocking on the door, cleaning products, vacuums. That's so funny. It's weird. I, it's, 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 this is a weird door to come to. You've seen my house. It's weird to like come all weird the way down to. here. Do you want to be scared? I'm trying to make you feel better, but you keep saying, no, it's the scary thing. I want to think about it. I want to get off the <laughs> phone with you and cry myself to sleep (laughs) why do i do that i don't know it's just how i roll (sighs) quit rolling so spooky i roll real spooky oh my god (laughs) stop try to catch me riding spooky no i'm sorry it was terrible (laughs) speaking of spooky spooky speaking spooky sarah and demini (laughs) (laughs) it's really gonna change the name of the podcast uh, we have a pretty spooky episode for you on this Christmas time. What? <laughs> on the Christmas Eve. What is happening <laughs> on this Christmas time? <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you have to go first, too, so this doesn't bode well. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> so You can do this. As you're gathering with your family that you might be sick of at this point, we have a little, a little set of tales for you today. Yes, let our let our spooky stories be a respite from your family 
who doesn't understand you, but we do because we love you. We do. We get you. We know what you're thinking. Okay. We can read your mind. So we're both going to tell you about a creepy Christmas creature that only comes out around this time of year. <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> time. <laughs> the time of Christmas. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, gonna to go first. Okay. Okay. Um... I'm going to tell you about Christmas werewolves, also known as werewolves of Yule, which... Ooh, yay! I, I like the word Yule. Um, my sources are America's Most Haunted, an article by Eric Olson called Weird Christmas, Werewolves of Yule, and an article on herebemagic.com by Danny Harper called What Werewolves Have to Do with Christmas. What What Werewolves? What? what werewolves? Werewolves. Werewolves. They're wolves. Okay. Okay. So there are quite a few strange myths about creatures coming out during the Yuletide season, which is one reason we're doing this episode. And I am going to tell you about <laughs> one in particular. I have gathered some beliefs, some superstitions, some possible origins of Yuletide werewolves. Oh, <clears throat> werewolves of Yuletide. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you. That was really That was cute. just for I you. Liked it. Mm-hmm. So predating Christmas, we've talked about this before. There was a widespread pagan belief in Europe. I wrote in the Europe. <laughs> in the Europe at Christmas time. <laughs> wow. In the Europe. Um, the, the winter solstice was a significant time for monsters, vampires, witches, evil spirits, and werewolves, of course, because uh, the creatures of the night were out since there was more darkness than light this time of year. Makes sense. Sure, why not? Makes total sense. I've been creeped out ever since daylight savings time. (laughs) You've never not been creeped out. Don't. (laughs) I have never creeped out during the summer. It's a total lie. I've seen it. It is a lie. (laughs) You have, you've seen me scared out of my mind in the summertime. Okay. Yep. So here are some like, like myths and lore. And one of them is, I titled this section, born on Christmas day, you're screwed. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, uh, One specific werewolf myth makes a connection between Christmas day uh, and werewolves in that if you are born on that day, or, in some cases, if you are conceived on that day, oh. you will become a werewolf. <laughs> if you're born on Christmas, you'll become a werewolf. I kind of love that. <laughs> I don't so, even care where it came from. That's just good. It's pretty good. It, it said the belief was strongest in Poland and Northeastern Europe. And it was an insult to Jesus, basically. Like, you weren't supposed to be fucking or having babies on Jesus's birthday. Wow. So So you're cursed. You're cursed. I don't like it anymore. I just thought it was fun. (laughs) Now now it's about being punished for screwing on Christmas. Come on! Yeah, Christmas is a time of joy and sex. It's it's the old... Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Everyone's horny at Christmas. Ew, stop. Okay, sorry I said that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, okay. Um, Moving on. Similarly, it was bad luck to be born on the winter solstice in Italy. 
Um, and it was a sure way to become a shapeshifter. Oh, now I wish I was born on on uh, the winter solstice in Italy. I want to be a shapeshifter. That me sound too. Bad. That's my life's dream. Are you going to tell me this one has annoying origins too? No, that's all I have of of that. It's just I continue. My notes continue. Okay. That in Germany, though. A child was still in danger of becoming a werewolf if they were born during the 12 nights of Christmas, which run from December 25th until the Feast of Epiphany on January 6th. You could just become a werewolf anytime during that period, I guess. Right. Dang it. I was born the wrong time of year. Oh, well. I'll just have to find one to bite me the old-fashioned way. (laughs) To do it the old-fashioned way. Uh, the winter solstice, which it falls a- around December 21st, it was traditionally celebrated as the first day of the 12 days of Yule, and that's when the veil between worlds was supposedly more thin, and okay. people stayed indoors at night because the same reason I stay indoors at night or <laughs> run from my uh, door to my car really quickly is because supernatural creatures are out and about and that includes werewolves of course of course it includes werewolves yeah of course of course um here's some other lore for you in 14th century normandy the varul varul the var varouage i think it's varouage my <laughs> french varouage. Oh. Is the worst <laughs> you're doing you're doing great mm-hmm mm-hmm okay an excommunicated person who became a werewolf between Christmas and Candlemas or during Advent. So, th- I mean, this is like all December. <laughs> so if you got excommunicated, you just turn into a werewolf. Well, no, it said during this time, the okay. sinner who was excommunicated was either redeemed or doomed to belong to the devil and run as a werewolf forever. Whoa. And this, <clears throat> so you could be redeemed, but just, I don't know how you redeem yourself out there running around excommunicated, but. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess it depends on what you're excommunicated for. I have no idea. I've never been excommunicated or a werewolf, unfortunately. Me either. Um, so this same myth, lore, legend was in the zeitgeist in Finland. And in that area, the same was true. But if you were lucky enough to break the spell and get redeemed, you were still stuck with a wolf's tail for the rest of your life, which sounds fine. I would be totally fine with having a wolf's tail. Whack people with it, you know. Yeah, I would love to have that. I would just cut holes in all my clothes for it to stick out. And I would probably dye it different colors, put beads on it. You could you could curl up and stick your nose under it like dogs do. Oh my god, I would be the best snuggler. I'm already like great at snuggling, but if I had a wolf tail, it'd be even better. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you'd be so cute with a wolf tail. Okay. Turns out I'm a furry. We just figured it. We just found out right here. <laughs> this is my, right here this now. Is my, we discover this is... so much on this podcast. God, we really do. I'm learning so much about myself. Um, in some parts of Poland, it was believed that werewolves only transformed into their animal form twice a year, and this would be on Midsummer Day and on Christmas. So you get okay. two chances. All right. That doesn't sound too bad. I am fine with all of these. <laughs> yeah. In Slovenia, the 12 days of Christmas were also known as wolf days the original story uh went 
like this, the wolf shepherd or the master of wolves was active during that time and would do the most damage. I, I don't know what they mean by damage, like killing livestock and things I like guess, that. I guess, yeah. Probably. That's Turning other people into werewolves. <laughs> Biting people. Biting people. <clears throat> So later, the story shifted, and Saint Blaze, uh, Saint of the Doobie—I mean, sorry, Saint of the Wild Beast. <laughs> Four twenty, blaze it! Four twenty, Saint, blaze it! Stop. <laughs> that saint became the Wolf Shepherd, so it was his job to summon wild wolves and also to banish them for periods of time in order oh to God. preserve the livestock. It's all coming together. Don't you remember the stoner hellhound? Mm-hmm. No, Saint Blaze. Saint Blaze. Um, and also, Master of Wolves. Excuse me, that's the coolest title anyone's ever had. <laughs> Master of Wolves. I'm going to go get high. Yeah. Like okay, it. here's something that I think you'll like. It's possibly... Possibly? <laughs> possibly my favorite thing. I have two favorite things about this story. Okay. So just just possibly. Um, okay. It's another pre-Christian connection to Werewolves of Yule, and it is the Greek Calicant Zaros. Okay. <laughs> I think it's how you say it. It is a monkey-like demon creature oh. who spent most of the year underground trying to chop down the world tree. But after sunset between December 25th and January 6th, these creatures would come out and run amok and scare the horses. Okay. Now, there was one way to keep them from doing that. Oh no, what is it? You would put a colander on your porch. What? Why? (laughs) You're going to love this. Because if you put a colander on your porch, the Uh Calicanzaros would stop what they were doing and compulsively count the holes until the break of day. What in the world were these people smoking? What kind of... That doesn't... Oh, God. If you put a colander on your porch, they won't be able to stop counting the holes. Just do it. Oh, do they have OCD? I feel bad for them. Now a little bit. I know. they. That's probably what, what they had OCD. Poor things. Um, so yeah, okay. so then they would have to, during daytime, they would have to go back underground. So if you did, if you put a colander on your porch at night, then you were good to go. All uh, right. And then so some people theorized that the ancient myths about the Calicanzaros mutated into werewolves of Yule lore. So... Okay. Monkeys became wolves. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, why not? I mean, there were, I feel like there was a lot of uh, reasons to be scared of wolves in the Europe at that time. <laughs> yeah. Where these stories started, because they were just wild wolves eating people. There's some mm-hmm. really cool stories out there about that. Can't remember oh any of them right now. People did write about this. Okay. There are some 15th century writings by Swedish traveler, diplomat, writer, and cleric. Olas, Olas Magnus. Wow. Okay. That's a Quite powerful a name. name. <laughs> he wrote a book called The History of the Northern Peoples, in which he said that the festival of Christmas, uh, there was a mass conversion of humans into wolves. So he also wrote Whoa. that werewolves had a party on Christmas night and then issued forth to rage with wondrous 
Nope. <laughs> and then issued forth to rage with wondrous ferocity against human beings. For when a human habitation has been detected by them, isolated in the woods, they besiege it with atrocity, striving <gasps> to break in the doors. And in the event of doing so, they will devour all the human beings and every animal which is found within. Oh my god. That's what old Olaus Magnus wrote. What a drama queen. Jeez. Seriously. So Magnus goes on to describe a high stone wall where the werewolves would gather afterwards after their, you know, raging or whatever. Right. <laughs> their rager. They would gather and they would compete to leap over the wall. So it sounds like a fun night. I mean, I'm trying to be a werewolf and go to this party. Everything you're telling me is just like, yes, I'm on board. Let me... And on this. You want to go party all night, devour a bunch of human beings, and then jump over a wall? Yeah. If I get to pick which human beings I devour, like, yeah. I'm not just going to okay. devour the good ones, just the ones who deserve to be devoured. Okay. You're a, you're a just werewolf. Yes. Yes, I am. Kind and just. Thank you for noticing. Anytime. <laughs> I see you. Um <laughs> So the concept of werewolves waiting at a wall was illustrated by Maurice Sand in his 1858 lithograph, Les Lupines. <laughs> My French Le accent Lupine. is back. Watch out. Uh-huh, the Les Lupines. <laughs> um, and then there was a physician named Casper Pucer, I think. Okay. I don't know. P-E-U-C-E-R? Sure. Sure. Uh, he recorded... A similar legend of mass lycanthropy in 1560 in Livonia, which is now Estonia and Latvia. Okay. Uh, he, and, and I don't love uh, some of this phrasing, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. Oh, goody. Okay. At Christmas, a boy, lame of leg, goes around the countryside, summoning the devil's followers, which are many, to a general conclave. The human form vanishes, and the whole multitude become wolves. They fall upon herds of cattle and flocks of sheep. Um, And he also wrote that the transformation lasts 12 days, and then, quote, at the expiration of which the wolf skin vanishes and the human form appears. So, basically... A boy who is, I don't know, having trouble walking, using crutches. I don't know. <laughs> having trouble um, walking. <laughs> sounds like Got he, it. He walks around the countryside and he, maybe he gets people to feel sorry for him and like leads them into the woods. And then he, he's not human anymore. He reveals his true form. Everybody becomes wolves. Okay. 15. And then... For 12 days, they rampage or do what they do, jump over walls, and then they become humans again. All right. 15th century conspiracy theories are cuckoo banana balls. <laughs> Mass lycanthropy is now one of my favorite topics. Yes, um, I am a student of mass lycanthropy. <laughs> wow, that's a very specific degree. Okay, so I'm almost done here. On the flip side, there are some beliefs about the sheer holiness of the Christmas season. Okay. And that it can suppress a werewolf transformation. So the werewolves will not be able to walk freely among men because 
It's so holy. However. Okay. There's a catch. Of course there's a catch. After this period of dormancy, werewolves in January will be more active and aggressive. Oh. Well, geez. Uh Okay. Yeah, you gotta make up for it somewhere. And now I'm gonna gonna tell you my other favorite holiday superstition and folklore. Okay, I'm ready. Coming from, again, from Slovenia. Possibly. Possibly. Farmers would make a special effort not to leave manure lying in the fields over the Christmas season. They would plow it into the soil because... Apparently, one of the easiest ways that a werewolf can make transformations is by rolling in the manure. You're trying to tell me that all I got to do is roll around in some dookie and I'll be a werewolf? I feel like this is a practical joke, right? <laughs> I'm trying this to get you to go roll in some manure. That's what, this, that's what this is. This is a story to try to get people to go roll around in dookies. I'm not going to do it. the whole reason why... I wanted to do an episode about werewolves so that I could ultimately convince you to roll around in some dookie. Thanks a lot. Well, how about this? I will just ask you a question. Um, okay. Is any of that real? I wish it was. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> Me too. I want a werewolf tale. I want us to both have werewolf tales. I want to go party in the woods, jump over a wall with my werewolf tail. Okay? Come on. That's all I want for Christmas is a werewolf tale. I don't want a lot for Christmas, just a werewolf tail on my butt. Sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> that was bad. Oh, Lord of mercy. Please, you tell me a thing. Okay, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'm going to talk about another creepy Yule creature, and it is from Iceland, so forgive me already. <laughs> Icelandic um, I... words are tough. Yes, there's not that many, but I'm I'm going to try. So Yeah, the Icelanders only have five or six words in their language. No, I mean, there's not that many words in my notes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. I'm the worst. But All right. My sources are an article called Each Christmas, Iceland's Yule Cat Takes Fashion Policing to the Extreme by what? Danny Lewis. <laughs> Love it already. Love the it already. Icelandic Christmas Cat, a YouTube video. Um, that is a traditional song sung by none other than the magical creature named Bjork. You should totally listen to it. It's awesome. Um, And an article called Labor Taskmaster. Taskmaster. God bless it. The Yule Cat Monster of Iceland on wilderutopia.com. So I'm going to talk about Yula Katrin. Sure, that's it. Um, Also known as the Yule Cat. So I'm just going to call it the Yule Cat because that's easier for Much me easier to say. say. <laughs> Yule Cater. I listened to someone pronounce it so many times. I was just sitting in my living room going, Yule Cater. Yule Cater. Is that it? Yule Cater? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to say it. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Anyway, so Yule is from the Norse word Yule, meaning wheel, as in the pagan Christmas wreath or wheel of fate, cycle of seasons, rebirth of light at winter solstice. In Iceland, anyone who finishes their chores before Christmas would get new clothes as a reward. The Yule Cat comes into town and he will peer into your windows at night. He's giant, so he, it can peek in your window. And he's trying to see what you, if children have gotten clothes for Christmas. If they have not, if the child, quote, was too lazy to earn their new socks, the Yule Cat will gobble up their lazy 
sockless ass. Oh my god, you get eaten? You get eaten by a giant cat if you didn't get new clothes for Christmas. Hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. So this story dates back to the Dark Ages. In the early days of the Norse settlement in Iceland, winter was a time of year when wool was spun and you made new clothes. And so it was traditional for everyone to have new clothes at Christmas time. So that's where this started. So some people say that the threat of being eaten by the Yolakatr was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. The ones who did their work would be given new clothes. Those who did not would get nothing, and then they would get eaten by a giant cat. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, if you have to go, that's not the worst way. No, I would love for that to be the way I go. Well, she got eaten by a huge cat. Seems appropriate. (laughs) Everybody knows cats are going to eat her when she dies, and no one finds her body anyway, so that's cool. All right, so this is a quote from Hauker S. Magnuson in the Reykjavik Grapevine. He says, This is the kind of message Icelanders like like to send out in their folklore. If you do not have the money or means of acquiring new items of clothing before the Festival of Lights, you will be eaten by a gigantic cat. (laughs) (laughs) So, seems like um, Hawker is a little bit critical of the priorities of Icelandic society. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like. Basically, it's a tool of capitalism, this cat. I was just thinking that. Yep. That just occurred to me because I was like, oh, they just want people to work hard. Yeah. Oh, it's capitalism. It's just, it's cat-p-p-p-talism. Stop it. Cat-p-p-talism. Cat-p-p-talism. I just spit everywhere. (laughs) So there is a more positive interpretation, which I like better, of course, because it's not about cat-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p
yesterday, this is totally off the rails, but yesterday I saw a post on Instagram where this woman said, I was, you know, I was really upset and I was having one of my, like, I don't remember if it was like a panic attack or what. Anyway, her service dog is trained to bring her medication and he brought her medication, but he also brought her a potato. Oh my gosh. So it's this little fuzzy gray dog that's trained to fetch these things. And the potato must have been like a similar size as this medication bottle. And I guess he brought her a potato. It was really cute. Maybe this will make my human feel better. Potatoes are a comfort food. He's got the right idea. Just fry that thing up and eat it. Yeah, you got to teach the dog to cook. Anyway, sorry. Go All ahead. right, so I'm going to end my my account with a poem. Oh, boy. By Johannes Ur Kotlum. The It's the lyrics for the song I was talking about and um, on YouTube that, that Bjork sings. She sings it in Icelandic, and I'm pretty sure it rhymes in Icelandic, but I'm reading you the English obviously why why i don't know why you know what let me let me look up the icelandic lyrics and i'll just try to my hand at that oh my god we're gonna be here for another hour yeah at least okay so you all know the yule cat and that cat was huge indeed people didn't know where he came from or where he went he opened his glaring eyes wide the two of them glowing bright It took a really brave man to look straight into them. His whiskers, sharp as bristles, his back arched up high, and the claws of his hairy paws were a terrible sight. He gave a wave of his strong tail. He jumped and he clawed and he hissed, sometimes up in the valley, sometimes down by the shore. He roamed at large, hungry and evil, in the freezing Yule snow. In every home, people shuddered at his name. If one heard a pitiful meow, something evil would happen soon. Everyone knew he hunted men, but didn't care for mice. He picked on the very poor. So they're just putting it out there blatantly. He picked on the very poor. He's a fascist cat. Just kidding. That no new garments got for Yule who toiled and lived in dire need. From them he took in one fell swoop their whole Yule dinner always eating it himself if he possibly could. Hence it was that the women at their spinning wheels sat, sexist, spinning a colorful thread for a frock or a little sock. Because you mustn't let the cat get hold of the little children, they had to get something new to wear from the grown-ups each year. When the lights came on on Yule Eve and the cat peered in, the little children stood rosy and proud, all dressed up in their new clothes. Some had gotten an apron, and some had gotten some shoes, or something that was needed. That was all it took. For all those who got something new to wear stayed out of that pussy cat's grasp. He then gave an awful hiss, but went on his way. Whether he still exists, I do not know, but his visit would be in vain, if next time everybody got something new to wear. Now you might be thinking of helping where help is needed most. Perhaps you'll find some children that have nothing at all. Perhaps searching for those that live in a lightless world will give you a happy day and a merry, merry Yule. So give people your socks. <laughs> that is the lesson here. That's Sock what we used to do. Oh my God, it's true. But that is, I mean, and that's true though. That's one of the top things they always need at like homeless shelters and stuff is socks. 
So maybe they're onto something. Also, I mean, it's great to, like, try to get people to help, but it's weird that we have to come up with these systems of punishment. Like, don't people just want to help just just to be nice? No, you have to be threatened with... You won't get into heaven or a giant cat's going to eat your ass. All right, so I have to ask you because it's part of the show. Um, <laughs> it's a requirement we've given ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is any of that real? Yes, I, I've <laughs> seen I've seen a giant cat around here at Christmas. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I did have a teacher from Iceland in film school, and she told us that her little sister was eaten by a cat. So, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shut up! And You're so full of shit. <laughs> I really did for, have a teacher who was from Iceland. For just but a second, I believed the, you, and then the you said rest, that. The rest is bullshit. Um, okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? Sure, why not? There's a giant cat that'll eat you if you don't give your socks to the less fortunate. Well, it's not that it'll eat you. It'll eat the less fortunate, right? That's the messed up part. Oh, yes. It should eat the greedy Wait, people. Wait, that is the messed up part. Eat the rich! Oh, my God! You'll look at her! Eat the rich! <laughs> <laughs> Your priorities are all wrong, Yola Cotter. <laughs> oh, oh my funny. god. Okay. Um well do you wanna ask the Magic Eight Ball any questions? Magic Eight Ball is Yola Cotter a fascist cat? Okay, Magic Eight Ball. Is Yola Cotter a fascist cat? Not likely. What? Okay. Huh. Hmm. A capitalist Maybe it's cat. required a to do that somehow. A capitalist. A catapultalist. Shit. Catapultalist. I can't say it either. It's a really hard word to say. If anybody can say that word, please email us. Or send us a clip of your voice. Oh, yeah. We'll put it on the end of the podcast. Oh, I had a question for the Magic 8-Ball at the very beginning when we were first talking, and now I can't think of it. I do want to ask it a little something, though. Something about werewolves? Magic 8-Ball. Was the Killikent Zaros demon monkey creature suffering from OCD. Oh, also not likely. It oh. okay. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's not likely, possibly because none of this is real. <laughs> that might not be likely. Why. Not likely because these stories are made up, but fun. <laughs> yes. That's why the Magic Eight Ball is saying it's it, probably not because this shit doesn't exist, but okay. See Okay. The Magic Eight Ball is all knowing. And very it accurate. It is the wise plastic novelty oracle. Y'all, if you've ever been eaten by a giant cat, please email us. Please. I would love to hear about it. If you know how we can become werewolves that doesn't involve getting bit by a werewolf, that'd be great, too. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Um, none of this is real podcast at gmail.com, or you can slide into our DMs on Instagram and Facebook. Um, also join our Facebook group and we're on Twitter that's true we are on all those things and you should follow us you should also uh, check out our Patreon Um, you can also rate and review our podcast oh and another thing you can email us is like Sarah said before your beautiful beautiful voice tell us what's real to you Um, just send us a video a video clip that'd be great too but an audio clip would be better so I can put in (laughs) yeah um, at the end of the show so what's real to you Um, what's your favorite conspiracy is any of this real just tell us what you think yeah we just want to know what you're thinking what are you thinking about spread the weird word y'all spread it spread the tell everybody 
And uh, you just, you, even if you're spreading that weird word, you don't have to believe any of this. No, don't. The, the magic eight ball told you it's not likely, so That's stop right. believing. But you do have to believe on yourself. Please believe all over yourself. Come on. Do it. Uh, One more thing I'm going to ask the magic eight ball. Will our listeners believe all over themselves? For sure. It says for sure. <gasps> I knew it. See? You could do it. 